All right, this morning I'm going to read uh, the Bible passage. This is from Acts 16, um, verses 27 through 40. So I'm going to read the story and then um, preach from that. So this is God's word. When the jailer woke, he saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights, and he rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, and he and all his family. And he brought them up into his house, and he set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. Do they now throw us out secretly? No, let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrate, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and they apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison, and they visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they were encouraged. They encouraged them, and they departed. So this morning, what I want to focus on and talk to you about is having a holy urgency for Jesus Christ. Having a holy urgency for Jesus Christ. We see that in this story in two places with two of the parties that are in here. The jailer had that after he had this near-death experience, and Paul and Silas had that as they went from place to place sharing the gospel. Now, we all have urgency for different things. We all feel something is urgent in our life. The question is, are we going to be urgent about the right things? Are we urgent about sharing the gospel and connecting people to Jesus? If you look at this story, what happened with this jailer, there's something that caused his urgency in this story. There was a terrible earthquake. I mean, it was a terrifying experience. If you've read anything about earthquakes, um, they cause tons of damage, can cause loss of life. It's a terrifying thing to go through. Now, he was afraid that maybe the earthquake would cause him to die, and then also he was afraid that if the prisoners were out, he might be executed for letting them out. Now, near-death experiences can have a huge impact on somebody's life. I mean, a life-changing impact on someone's life, and that's probably what happened to this man here. Um, There's a thing I've looked up in... um, Researchers have studied this. When someone gets to a moment when they think their life is going to end, sometimes everything in their life flashes before them and they see their whole life all at once. I don't think there's any way for us to really understand how that works, but eyewitness testimony that people have had this experience can be recorded, and I've read about it. People do have this experience of seeing their whole life in a moment. When that happens, things come into view more clearly than might have been fuzzy in their mind. I want to read you a little bit about that because I think that's kind of what happened with this jailer in this moment. This is 
um, an account of someone who had a near-death experience and felt like their entire life was flashing before their eyes. This is what the person said. Most things were pleasant to see. Some things made me very embarrassed. In fact, revulsion and guilt took away any good feelings, making me so very sorry for certain things I had said or done. I hadn't just seen what I had done, but I had felt and knew the repercussions of my actions. I felt the injury or the pain of those who suffered because of my selfishness or my inappropriate behavior. Now, that's not written by somebody who's given a Christian testimony. That's just written by a person who had a near-death experience. It's a real thing. When you get to that moment and you think you're going to face the end of your life, you see it in a whole different clarity in that moment. This jailer was afraid. He was afraid for his life. And that fear actually brought him to a moment of repentance. When you see things clearly, when you see God for who he really is, holy, perfect, calling us to live a certain way, and you see your own life with clarity, knowing that we fall short of that, that we haven't kept what God calls us to keep, it changes you in that moment. It's a powerful thing to see. And that kind of a moment should drive every person to their need for Jesus in their life. Anytime you see yourself clearly and you see the Lord clearly for who he is, ruler of the universe, one who created everything, who is reigning, who's all-powerful, all-knowing, nothing is hidden from him. When you see God clearly, it changes you. It can push you to a moment of repentance. And that's what happened with this jailer. God is almighty. He's the creator. He knows more than anything else. Anyone else in the world knows. He's in every room. He's all present everywhere the Bible tells us. There's nothing that can be hidden from him. And when we realize that, we see our need for Jesus to make us holy and clean so we can freely enter into God's presence. Now, God is a loving father. He's gentle. He's caring. He's kind. But he's also these other things. He's also all-powerful. He's also holy. He's also all-knowing. Fear can make us see things more clearly in a moment, like this jailer experienced. When that moment happens, your heart can be changed, transformed in a moment. This man wasn't following Christ. He was watching them in jail. He was hearing them talk about Jesus and sing about Jesus, but he wasn't repentant. He wasn't listening to that. It was in the back of his head. He was hearing it. But when the near-death experience happened, it changed in a moment. He wanted to connect his family to Jesus. He wanted to bring these men to tell his family about Christ so they could accept Christ and follow him. He had a holy urgency for Jesus Christ to connect people to him and to get his own life right. And that's why he said, how can I be saved? He asked that question. And they told him clearly, trust in Jesus, follow him. You can be saved that way. The Bible calls us to fear the Lord above all things. That's what the first part of Proverbs tells us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the most important thing to know. That sets everything else in perspective in life. And that's what happened with the jailer in this moment. Now, if you look at the other side of that, Paul and Silas, they already feared the Lord. They were already, already following him. They were born again. They belonged to Jesus. The earthquake happens. They're not terrified. 
They're not petrified by fear. They know their Savior. They know who they belong to. Amen? They know they belong to Jesus. They know if they die, they know where they're going. They're not afraid. They're trusting in the Lord. They belong to him. Now, we have that biblical fear of the Lord. We have that respect for God. It changes everything. I want to talk about that for just a moment. Fear of the Lord really means seeing God clearly. Seeing him with clarity in your life for who he really is. Seeing God is holy, is all-powerful, is all-knowing, and knowing we have a need for Christ. Seeing God clearly really was what fear of the Lord is. Now, when you see God clearly, all the other fears can fade and become much smaller. But if you don't fear the Lord first in your life, all kinds of other fears will be much bigger and much larger. This man feared the people that were over him, that he worked under. He was afraid of them. But then he came to fear the Lord, and he repented and turned to Jesus. We see an accurate picture of God. We see the bigness of God, of who he is. He's the creator. This is his world. He called us to serve him with purpose and obedience in our life. That's who God is. We see the bigness of God. We see the smallness of ourself. All those other fears can become smaller. We don't have to be terrified of other things if we know the Lord and we fear him and we know that we belong to him. Jesus said something about that, and I think it describes what happened to this man in this moment. Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's the words of Jesus. He calls us to fear him and serve him first in our life. The other fears will fade, become smaller. when We fear Jesus first, follow him. So this man turned to Jesus. He repented. So here's the challenge and here's the application I want to put before you this morning. After this moment, this man feared Jesus. He feared the Lord more than anything else. He turned to him and repented. He was urgent about getting his life on track with God in that moment. Do you fear and reverence the Lord more than anything else in your life? Do you have that holy urgency to follow him, to obey him, to walk with him in your life? When we have a clear picture of God in our heart and our mind, God will give us that holy urgency to follow him no matter what and walk with him. I want to look at something else in this story. This man, he's changed. He comes down and falls on his knees and he repents. He connects his family to Jesus that same moment by bringing these men, Paul and Silas, to share the gospel with his family. I want to focus just for a moment on the role that fathers and dads play in their families. This guy had a holy urgency to connect his family to Jesus, to help them follow Jesus. When a dad gets on fire for Jesus, it changes the whole family. It affects the whole family. When a dad gets on his knees and repents and follows Jesus, it can have a huge impact on the children around him in his life. God's called every man to be the spiritual head of his home, to lead his family, to walk in purpose in his life, to lead his family. And in this moment, we see this man 
wasn't a Christian before, come into that. He's connecting his family with Jesus. He's taking that leadership. He's initiating and saying, we're going to hear about the gospel. We're going to come. We're going to listen to these guys. We're going to get baptized. We're going to start following Jesus in our life. Man is called to be the spiritual head of his home. Joshua 24, 15 says this in the Old Testament. This is Joshua speaking, one of the leaders of God's people. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. That's a father speaking to his children in his household. We're going to follow God. We're going to serve him in our life. The most important thing a dad can have in his life, relationship to his kids, is a growing, life-giving relationship with Jesus that's transformed him because that will impact his kids in every way that he relates to them and in every way that he leads them. Now you might say, I'm not... I don't have little kids at home anymore. Maybe you're a grandfather. At all points in your life, if you're a father, you have that role of spiritual head and guide with your children. You can speak into their life. Don't underestimate the power and the influence that you have as a father. It's significant. It's huge because it's God-given. It's what God has called every father to do and to be to his children. It's still there even as your kids are older. People want to relate to their dad in this way and get this kind of advice from him. I still talk to my dad every day. I'm 41 this year, but I still call and share my heart with him and talk to him every every day almost. And he gives me reassurance. He still guides me and speaks to me because God gave him that role as my dad to remind me of the truth, to guide me in my life, to speak into my life. Now, I just want to encourage you, Billy, build up in your faith. Be encouraged in your faith that God wants to empower you to do that with the people around you. If you're a mom, if you're a woman, pray for the man in your life that he has a life-changing, powerful experience of coming to Jesus so that that has an impact on his children and the people around him. I also want to point out that all parents, when they get saved, when they have a transforming relationship with Jesus, it impacts their kids. This story isn't about a mother, but if a mother gets saved... Absolutely, it's going to impact the children. It doesn't matter what point in life it is. If that mother speaks about her faith, she shares what Jesus has done in her life, it's going to impact the kids in her life, her children, even if they're older. So I just want to encourage you today in that, be built up with a holy urgency to connect your family to Jesus, to help your kids follow Christ, to connect them to him. God wants to give you that in your life. He wants to plant that. Paul and Silas had that urgency to go wherever God called them, to tell people about Jesus, to encourage them in their faith, to call them to follow Christ. They were doing that everywhere they were. They had that urgency about their life, that this was the most important thing. And God used them. It had a huge impact on those around them. So you might hear this, okay, preacher, I heard this. I don't know if I've got that holy urgency. How can I get some of that in my life? How can I grow that in my life? I'm going to give you two things that can help grow that holy urgency. Have a near-death experience. No, don't do that, okay? Don't go do that. We don't need to do that, all right? But that is one way that God works, is a near-death experience does actually bring everything into focus Remind us of what's true. Shake out the dirt sometimes and remind us of what's right. Don't go there, but here's what you can do. If you need that holy urgency, hear the word of the Bible. Read it 
and read it again. Sow that truth into your heart and mind. Continue to read it and plant it and put it in your heart so that when you talk with other people, it just starts flowing out. It's just natural to talk about because you've planted it, you've put it in there, you keep sowing it again and again and again until the fire burns stronger and stronger and stronger and it just flows out in your life. God wants to stir that up, that holy urgency for Jesus to share him. The second thing I'm going to give you as an application is pray continually. If you want your heart to be changed, to really walk with purpose, power, see Jesus change the people around you, see him change your own heart. Take time to pray. Pray continually. Pray often. Pray in the morning. Pray in the evening. Pray, pray, pray until that urgency grows and begins to engulf your heart and change your life. God wants to bring that about. This man had a life-changing experience. You might look at somebody today and think, they don't care about Jesus. They're not following him. They're not passionate about following Jesus in their life. And look here, the work of the Spirit in a moment on a dime that can change as God grabs a hold of somebody's heart, calls them to follow him. The Lord can do that in people's lives. He wants to do that. Let's pray this morning.